Uh, I had the privilege of um, uh, officiating a wedding yesterday on mine and Julie's 17th wedding anniversary. So as of yesterday, we have been married 17 years and uh, in a row, 17 years in a row. Because <laughs> trust me, I know, some, I know two couples that, that I have to specify that because of two couples I know, believe it or not. But, uh, and she doesn't look a day older. I am not lying. I'm not just saying that. She doesn't look a day older from the day that I married her. I could show you wedding pictures. And she, I have done so good at sustaining this woman and loving on this woman <laughs> and giving up so much of my life force. Because for 17 years, I have poured into her. No, she, no. I love her, but but uh, uh, we uh, yesterday was was our anniversary and also Lily's birthday. She was born on our ninth wedding anniversary, our tenth wedding anniversary. Our present to each other was boarding a plane and flying to Taiwan to adopt her, and and uh, so the, the March 9th is a very sacred day for us. And then I just got to add to the beauty of that day um, a young girl. Her name was. Uh, Dr. Morcelia Dukley, actually. She was a doctor. She is a doctor, not was. Um, she, she came to be part of my youth group when I was youth pastoring. So from 12 years old up through high school, I got to uh, pastor her and just pour into her life. And usually, especially in youth ministry, those of you who have been a part of it, you know that most of the time you're just going, Lord, am I even doing the right thing? <laughs> am I doing a sufficient job here? And years later, sometimes the Lord lets you know that, hey, you know what, your faithfulness has paid off. I got a call last summer and said, Dave, would you do my wedding? Would you, would you preach my wedding? And so her and her husband, Philip Asidu, uh, were married yesterday. It was, I felt like I was a foreign dignitary combining, I literally got to combine Liberia with Nigeria. He was, he's Nigerian, she's Liberian. And so now she is Dr. Morcilia Asidu. But, but uh, through all of that, it was one of the funnest weddings I've ever got to officiate. Uh, folks were rejoicing. It was lively. People were applauding, just having a great time. And then the reception was even more so. Uh, just, just a grand, fun celebration and party. And when they, they introduced them, they laid out all these colorful blankets and tarps all over the, the dance floor. And, and so this 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 husband and bride got out and, and danced with, with uh, African pop music playing, and, and uh, it was very, felt very tribal. It was really, really cool. People were just surrounding them, and, and they did just this incredible, incredible dance. But what the Lord impressed on me, he, the Lord sat there and said, he goes, he goes look, at that, look at that groom dancing with his bride. I said, boy, they're having a, they're having a blast. And he goes, look how happy he is. And I mean, he was, this guy, Philip was strutting, man. He was he, and he should. Morcilia's a beautiful girl, and and uh, he he definitely married up. All of y'all that are part of my marry up club, say amen. amen. I'm I'm right there with you. I'm the president of it. Trust me. Uh, but but the Lord said he goes look at that. He goes that's that's how I feel when I get around my bride. And who's the bride of Christ? We are. And that's what the Lord said. He goes when y'all get together, I want to celebrate with you. I want to dance with you. I want to party with you. I have something. I want, to, I want to express my joy. And so that's what the Lord wants to do when we come together is to express his joy. When you wake up in the morning, he's sitting right there waiting on you. 
right on the edge of the bed, said, I was waiting on you to wake up because I got a lot of things I want to talk to you about. I got a lot of things I want to do for you. So, so, um, uh, uh, the Lord, even the Lord will talk to you no matter where you're at, even, even in African weddings, he's going to talk to you. So, uh, I want to very briefly today talk to you about a, a word the Lord gave me about, oh, I guess about two weeks ago. And uh, I guess I'll just, for the sake of having a title to it for the podcast, all that stuff, we'll call it Divine Forgetfulness. Divine Forgetfulness. And it's, I honestly believe it's a word for the gathering. And if you'll bear with me today, it's not a, really a traditional sermon. It's just the, the way that the Lord spoke, spoke it to me. I thought, I thought, initially, I just thought it was going to be a word for me. And, and he, he gave it to me in my office at work. And I spent the rest of the day, I went upstairs and I shared it with my wife and her office and then went back downstairs and I wept all day long and just, just, just rejoiced. It was such a liberating word and a word of hope and a word of encouragement and spent time just laying on my face right in his presence and, and worshiping him. And uh, then, then he, he actually shared that day, he said, no, I want you to speak it over two other people, release it over two other people today. That, that I did, and then he's, he also said, the day's going to come, I want you to speak it over the families of the gathering, because this is something I am doing right in your midst. And uh, so, so uh, like I said, I want you to hear what the Spirit is saying, and however this word applies to your life, let it apply to your life. Um, I know how it applies to mine. So uh, it, it deals with Joseph, uh, the story of Joseph, which is one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament. Joseph was this incredible, talented young man. Uh, wasn't the he was the the second youngest, ultimately of of uh, his family, and and the Lord granted him some incredible favor. The Lord would talk to him in dreams. Many of you know the story of Joseph. Uh, he was he had incredible favor from Jacob, his dad, uh, to the point his dad even made him a custom made coat of many colors, and uh, Joseph goes on to to share some of his dreams that he had and some of the visions that the Lord gave him about where he would wind up in life. He's trying to share it with his brothers and his family, some of the closest people. You know, if you would think that that's where you would get the, your, some of your, the greatest encouragement. And uh, his brothers became very jealous of the favor that he had on his life. Uh, they wound up, when they were out uh, tending to, to livestock and camping, they wind up uh, uh, jumping them, throwing them in a pit, and then selling them to some slave traders, some human traffickers that were coming through. That he winds up, they wind up selling them to the slave traders. Took his coat, ripped it up, dipped it in animal blood. Went back, told dad that, "Hey man, an animal ate ate your son. Sorry about that." Jacob mourned the rest of his life uh, up until he was reunited with Joseph later. In the meantime, y'all know the story. Joseph goes to Egypt, uh, gets sold to Potiphar, who was a very powerful man within the Egyptian government. Uh, uh, he gets favor with Potiphar, becomes uh, servant number one over all the other servants in Potiphar's house until Potiphar's wife makes a pass at him. Joseph rightfully runs and flees. Uh, she gets mad and insulted and, and claims that Joseph tried to rape her. Uh, he gets immediately thrown into prison where he spends a number of years uh, in prison, winds up getting favor from the prison guard, yet he's still in, in prison, uh, but the Lord still took care of him winds up interpreting a couple of dreams from some of Pharaoh's servants, one of which was executed. The other one, he said, hey, don't forget about me now. When you go back into Pharaoh's courts, don't forget about me. Well, the guy winds up forgetting about him until Pharaoh winds up starting to have some nightmares. At that time, his cupbearer said, hey, you know what? There's a, there's a guy in prison that interpreted a dream. Let me go get him. 
And so they pull Joseph out. He interprets the nightmares. Uh, and, and it winds up being instructions about a coming, a coming famine and, and how the Lord wanted to sustain Egypt and all the land and allow Egypt to be the provider for all the other nations around who were who going to suffer from this famine. Uh, Pharaoh winds up making Joseph second in command over all of Egypt. So he was the second most powerful man in the world at the time. And, and winds up giving him a wife. He said, hey, look, look over there. You see the high priest of On over there? See that little sweet thing that's his daughter? That's your wife. <laughs> so he winds up getting, a, getting to get this beautiful wife. And that's where, that's where this word comes in. All that mess. Joseph, all those years, lamented and mourned the loss of his dad, the loss of his family, the betrayal of his brothers. All of that. All of that pain he went through. All of the... The false accusations and the and and labeling as a as a as a rapist and 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 being thrown into prison and what prisons back then aren't weren't like they are now where they they've got some sterile environments and stuff. The prisons were where you, you you get thrown in you you may not come out uh, just because of uh, the conditions that were in there, and and yet God raises them to this absolutely incredible position. This absolute incredible position. And take a look at what he says in verse 50. He says, uh, this was right before the famines came. And Joseph is in this incredible position. And this is the word that God has for, I believe, the families right here in the gathering. Genesis chapter 41, verse 50 through 52, reading from the Amplified Version. Now two sons were born to Joseph before the years of famine came from Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On bore to him. Joseph named the first Manasseh, which means to forget. So he named his boy Forget. He named the firstborn Manasseh for he said, God has made me forget all my trouble and hardship and all the sorrow of the loss of my father's household. He named the second son Ephraim, which means fruitful. It actually means doubly fruitful. So he named his son doubly fruitful, Ephraim, for God has caused me to be fruitful and very successful in the land of my suffering. What I have to say today is not going to take too long, but, but I've, I've got to speak this out and give birth to this into the atmosphere. What God is wanting someone in this house to know is this, that he is, that you are sitting in a position that you know that you're blessed you know that, that uh, you're, you're in a, a place that may possibly be better than any other place that you've ever been in. But your heart has still been broken because of the price you've had to pay to get to that place in life. To get to that blessing. You've, you've weathered some storms. You've had some chunks taken out of you. You have suffered some loss. There's been some severing of relationships. There's been some closing of doors. There's been some loss of dreams. He was mourning the loss of his father's house. That wasn't just about the relationships he had with his dad and his brother. He was, he was mourning the loss of his inheritance, the loss of, of expectations and visions and dreams of what he wanted to accomplish in life. All of that was stripped away from him. He's second most in charge of all the world. The, the, the greatest power on earth at that time was, was Egypt. And the only person he had to answer to was Pharaoh. He had the babe for a wife. 
He had the money. He had the title. He had the authority. He was living better than any of his family could have ever dreamt of living. Yet he still paid a hard price just to get there. And that's where some of us have been. The Lord's placed us in a beautiful spot, but we have paid dearly. We have suffered the consequences. And even though we can rejoice on one hand, but you can't shake the memory. You can't shake the pain. You can't shake the, the, the frustration. You can't shake the questions. And even though you've tried to just forget about it and move on and close the door and move on. Any, anyone tracking with us so far? You've tried to close the door on things, and, you, and it seems like you keep going back and opening that door because you can't forget. But this is the word. God said, tell my people I'm about to birth in their life a Manasseh, something so incredible, something so wonderful that it is going to cause them to forget. Joseph couldn't shake it. But God gave him something that made, he said, God has made me forget I couldn't shake it. I tried to forget about it. I tried to forgive. I tried to move on. I tried to just put it out of mind, but I couldn't. But now God has caused me to forget all the trouble I went through and the loss of all my dreams and my inheritance and my, and my vision and my potential future and everything I thought I was going to have under my dad's roof. He's caused me to forget about it. God wants to birth something in someone's life that is going to just close the door to that part, all the pain, all the toil, all the mishaps once and for all because you're going to say, I never would have dreamt God would have done this to, for me. It's a divine forgetfulness. I'm going to make you forget, God said, everything, because I'm going to bless you with something that huge in your life, something that meaningful, something that life-altering. And it doesn't just stop there. Here's the second part of the word. He said, I'm, I'm telling my people this, I'm going to also birth in their life in Ephraim, something that is so doubly fruitful because Joseph said, God has made me to be fruitful right in the land of my suffering. That area of your life that you thought that you have suffered the most in, that area of your life that has been the most painful, out of that, God is going to cause something this year to be so fruitful. Not just fruitful, but doubly fruitful. Ephraim actually means doubly fruitful. It's a double anointing. It's a, it's a, it's a duplication of word in your life. God is going to cause it to sprout right in the midst of everything. Later on when you read when, when Joseph was reunited with his brothers and his dad and, and he moved them and they were living on the outskirts of Egypt and being protected and blessed. When The Bible says, and when Jacob became ill and Joseph found out about Jacob being ill and knew that his time was coming to, to a close, he took his two sons for Jacob to meet his dad. So, so his dad had never met his grandkid, these two grandsons. And, and he goes to bless him. He said, I want you to bless my, my sons. And he wound up blessing with his right hand, Ephraim, the, the second born. And Joseph said, no, 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 Manasseh is the firstborn because you're supposed to lay your right hand on the firstborn. And he said, no, 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 no. And Jacob said, no, I'm, I, this is how I'm going to bless. I'm blessing Ephraim first and then Manasseh. And, and the Lord told me, he said, that's what he's going to do. He said, he said, he is going to bless your fruitfulness first. 
Because out of your fruitfulness, you're going to forget all the things that the enemy has tried to take from you and all the price you felt you had to pay to get to where you are today. Amen. Anyone tracking with that? Anyone hearing what the Spirit is saying today? I wish I could articulate it better. I wish I could, I wish I could say, I could probably say it better in tongues than I could English. I don't know. But I, I wish I could just, I wish I could let you know how huge of a word this is. That God said the things that you have struggled with the most. I, you, I, I hear you, I hear you praising me. I know you're appreciative for what you have and where you're at, but I also know you haven't been able to let go of this other stuff but I'm going to do something that will cause you to forget. God caused me to forget because I can't do it on my own. Thank you, Lord. Let's all rise. Let's all stand. It's short and sweet today. Look at that. It's spring break. Y'all start getting ready to break. But can we all lift our hands right where we're at and just begin to praise him? Father, I thank you for this word. Lord, you said your word would never return void. And so, Lord, I just release it into the atmosphere and into the spirits of each and every person here. Holy Spirit, apply it on an individual basis. Lord, we know that when we release your word, we're releasing you because you are the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shined into the darkness, and the darkness didn't comprehend it, and the word became flesh, Jesus Christ. So, so I pray that Jesus is manifest in all of our life today via the word of God. Anoint us to share you, to reflect you, and everyone that we meet today.